The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us on this Lord's Day. And um, as I posted on Facebook, we invite you to come to worship, but to leave to serve. And so we've been serving the community the last uh, two weeks. Um, Since um, Monday, August 28th, there's been someone at this building that has picked up supplies every day. And we're going to continue to help people as much as we can, as long as we can. And so if if you know someone in need uh, today, then there are still supplies back there. Um, then, you know, if if you know something specific they need, pick some of those up, take it to them after worship. If you know someone who's in need financially, then please see the elders or myself, and we'll try to help them the best way that we can. Uh, We're trying to get back to to normal this week, and so we, uh, a few weeks ago, we started this series on the book of Leviticus, and we're going to continue that this morning, trying to Uh, understand this book. It's a book in the Old Testament that is sometimes overlooked. Um, People think it's a little bit maybe strange or difficult to understand because there are many uh, customs and rites within the book of Leviticus that are sort of strange to us. We're we're not familiar with them. But we want to try to sort of unpack some of these things this morning and try to give us a grasp on, on what this book is all about. And so have you ever turned on the television and maybe you found a movie that has already started and you begin to watch the movie even though you've never seen it? When you do that, it can sort of be disorienting. It's difficult to figure out what's going on. Things don't always make sense. Why? Well, it's because you didn't start from the beginning. You just jumped in into the middle of the film without any context or without knowing what was going on. And this is what happens with many people when they try and read the book of Leviticus. They start with Leviticus 1 and verse 1, not understanding that they are beginning in the middle of a story. The Torah, or the Pentateuch, is the first five books of the Bible. It is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, These are sometimes referred to as the books of Moses. And they are five separate books, but they are also one big story. And so, for instance, Exodus picks up right where Genesis leaves off, just as Leviticus picks up where Exodus leaves off, and so on and so on. And so to truly understand the book of Leviticus you must know the story of Exodus. And that's where we're going to begin this morning. The end of Exodus is about the completion of the tabernacle. And so everything is built. It's all finished. And then we're given these five five final verses. Exodus 40, verses 34 through 38. It says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle throughout all their journeys. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. 
But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And those are the last words in the book of Exodus. And one of the first things that we should notice is that there are two names for the tabernacle. And both names are found in Exodus 40 and verse 34. Uh, The word tabernacle literally means dwelling. And so the tabernacle is the dwelling place of God. It is where his presence is found. And this is evident at the end of Exodus. Once the the, the tabernacle is, is built and completed... The glory of the Lord fills that space. And because the tabernacle was filled with the presence of God, Moses and others could not enter into it. And so really, the book of Exodus ends with a dilemma, ends with a problem. And here it is. How can sinful human beings dwell in the presence of God? Because... um, you know, at the end of Exodus, that, that's not resolved yet. You've got the tabernacle built. You've got the presence of God in the tabernacle. But no one can go in. Okay? So the other name for the tabernacle is the tent of meeting. The tent of meeting. At the end of Exodus, the tabernacle is God's dwelling place. But it's not yet a tent of meeting Because no one can enter it. And so the book of Leviticus is about how the tabernacle becomes a tent of meeting. All these strange laws and practices that we find in Leviticus are about becoming holy so people can enter into the presence of God. And this is expressed in two questions at the beginning of Psalm 15. Psalm 15 and verse 1, the psalmist asks, O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who is able to come into this tent, this tabernacle? And the second question, who shall dwell on your holy hill? And the answer to these questions involves sacrifice, obedience, and sanctification. And so God desires a relationship with us. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve walked with God. They they lived in full communion with Him. And that relationship was disrupted because of sin. And the Bible is the story of how we come to live in God's presence once again. And the book of Leviticus is an important part of this story. Now, it's not the end of the story... It's not all there is to be said on the matter, but it plays a crucial role in the history of Israel. Uh, One of the things we're reminded of when reading Leviticus is that we come to God on His terms, not ours. And, And I think this is important because we live in a day and age when people are wanting to come to God in their own individual ways. And so Scripture, the Word of God, and 2,000 years of church tradition are now being disregarded. There are a lot of people who 
like the idea of God. But they're not crazy about the word that he has given us. And so in Leviticus, we learn that that you don't come to God just any way you like. God is gracious. God is merciful. He desires to have a relationship with us. But we must seek God by being obedient to his word. So what happens when the people of God do what he says? We find out at the end of Leviticus chapter 9. So if you want to look at Leviticus 9, 22 through 24, and what you have, you got the, the end of Exodus that concludes with the tabernacle being completed, the glory of God filling that space, but no one can enter in. And then Leviticus 1 through 8, all the way up into chapter 9, you've got these laws regarding sacrifices. You know, and, and God lays them all out. And then you have these few verses at the end of chapter 9. Leviticus 9, beginning verse 22. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. And he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings... And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. And when they came out, they blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Now the tabernacle is a tent of meeting. It is where God's glory appears to all. Moses is no longer barred from entering the tabernacle. God has provided a way to commune with his followers, and the people are blessed because of this. And so the tabernacle was a a, a special place where God's glory resided. It was where sacrifices were made, And it is where the community of God's people gathered to behold the glory of the Lord. But it was not the only place where God's presence was found. Some of the sacrifices that were made were partial sacrifices. What I mean by that is that they were shared among several people. They were shared among God. God was given his share. And then the priest or priests were given their share. And then some was given back to the people of God. And so, for instance, someone may bring an animal to the tabernacle, and part of it would be placed on the altar and sacrificed to God. Part of it would be given to the priest, and part of it would be returned to the worshiper. And the worshiper was then to take that portion of meat and to eat this meal in the presence of God. We find this described in Deuteronomy 12, verses 5 through 7. It says there, There you shall go, and there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your contribution that you present, your vow offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice you and your households, and all that you undertake in which the Lord your God has blessed you. And so it's no wonder that Jesus describes the life to come 
as a time when we will enjoy a great feast together. You know, there's nothing better than a good meal with friends. One where the food is delicious and the conversation is even better. Think about the best meal that you've had with a group of people. And then multiply that by a thousand, a million, whatever. And that's what it's going to be like when Jesus returns. It's going to be this this lavish, wonderful meal with loved ones who've gone on before us. We're going to meet the most interesting people that we've never met before. Maybe people we've just heard about or, or read about. It's going to be a meal, most importantly, where God himself and Jesus are present. And so in the garden, Adam and Eve enjoyed this kind of relationship with God. And the Bible is the story of how we get back to that paradise where human beings live with God. And there are hints throughout Scripture that remind us that this is where we're heading. Now, Leviticus is not just some strange book that has little to do with our lives today. It is part of the story of God, which is our story. And so learning about Leviticus is learning about our heritage. And it is a book filled with reminders of who we are and glimpses of what is to come. Like the book of Revelation, the the strange things that we encounter in Leviticus often are symbolic of something else. It is still a book about the problem of sin and how we can draw near to God. The the sacrifices and, and the blood that you read about in this book point forward to a greater reality that the original readers of Leviticus could have never imagined. This system of sacrificial offerings anticipates the greatest sacrifice of all. When God in human form, God who takes on flesh, would lay down his life for all of humanity and forever putting an end to the need for animal sacrifices. Uh, Some of those animal sacrifices led straight into a meal where the people of God encountered the presence of God. And we experience something similar today. You know, each first day of the week, we gather around the table to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. We, we, We take a moment to reflect on the pain and agony that Jesus endured on our behalf. And then we break bread, and we also encounter the presence of God. We know that Jesus is here with us. We know that he has promised to be in our midst when the saints gather to enjoy this memorial feast. We also know that even though we are much farther along in the story than the people at the time of Leviticus, we still have not reached the end. We know all too well the reality of pain and suffering 
we are reminded daily that we live in a fallen world. And the Lord's Supper ties us to the past. You know, it is a meal that Jesus observed with his disciples 2,000 years ago and something that Christians have done ever since. But it's also a meal that looks forward to the return of Christ when we will feast with all the faithful followers of God who have ever walked this earth. And so the next time you open the book of Leviticus, and it seems a little strange, just remember it's not that strange because it's a book about sacrifice and communion. It's a book about encountering the presence of God. We no longer have a tent of meeting where we go to make sacrifice and where we go to encounter God. But what we do have is a table of meeting where we join with our brothers and sisters in Christ each week and we commune with our Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Father, you are a holy and awesome God. And we're reminded this morning of your holiness. We're reminded that we do not approach you just any way we like. But that you have given us specific instructions to come near to you. We are so grateful that you want a relationship with us. That you love us so dearly that you have made it possible for us to dwell in your presence. That you love us so much that you sent your son to die for us. We're thankful for his life and his sacrifice. And we pray this in his name. Amen.